Welcome to the Divorce Tribe Podcast. My name is Luke Mydell, and I created this weekly podcast to provide support and healing as you navigate the daily trials that accompany divorce. I have been where you are, I have walked that lonely road, and I'm hoping to share what I have learned and what I am still learning through others. We are part of the same tribe, the Divorce Tribe. Welcome to episode 10. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Mediation and divorce. But before we get into that, last week we talked about loneliness. And I gave you some homework. So hopefully you've all followed through on at least one of the healthy options for dealing with loneliness. And even if you aren't lonely, it's always good to break out of your normal routine and do something different. For me, I decided, you know, if I'm going to give you homework, I might as well do it myself. So I called up my brothers, I called up my mom, and we went out and we played pickleball. We had a great time. And I actually ended up playing multiple times over a, over the course of like three days. And so it was a good chance for me to get out, get some exercise, and do something that I haven't done in a while. Well... Back on topic, this week we will be discussing self-filing and mediation. So far we've been dealing with a lot of emotions and heavy-hitting subjects such as making a new home for your children, dealing with the grief, anger, pain, and loneliness of divorce, etc., etc., etc. So this is kind of a change of pace, but it is also something that may or may not apply to your specific divorce. Either way, I'm going to share how it worked for me and the benefits that it offers if you and your soon-to-be ex can agree on the terms of the divorce. At the same time, I want to talk about the potential pitfalls of self-filing or going through mediation for your divorce. Ultimately, my goal this episode is to go over these couple of different low-cost alternatives that may be available in divorce and then go into detail on mediation, because that's the actual approach that I used in my divorce. My ex suggested it, and it fit with the goals we were both seeking. But before we delve into that, it's time for story time, where I discuss the current book I'm reading and hopefully how it applies to today's episode. Now, surprisingly, not many of the books I've read go into detail regarding the actual divorce process, especially not mediation. But I did read one book titled, Will I Ever Be Free of You? How to Navigate a High-Conflict Divorce from a Narcissist and Heal Your Family. Yeah, I know, that is some title. But that book specifically mentions that mediation is next to impossible if your ex is a narcissist. Quote, for people who are not about the fighting and the power and control, mediation can be a helpful and healthy way to resolve disputes for the family. It is just not likely with a narcissist. A narcissist's perception of reality is that their way is the right way, so they are not usually able to use mediation or to compromise. Mediation with a narcissist is usually difficult and most times not worth the expense. I hate saying this because mediators are generally trained to be more like peacemakers who are drawn to helping people resolve conflict instead of continuing the chaos of the adversarial struggle. One interviewee told me, We went to a mediator for free, but they told me they found my ex too difficult to mediate with, so they called it off. Darren told another failed mediation story. We were constantly in mediation, 
That's what everyone advised. But within the first couple of months, the mediator threw up her hands and said, you will have to take this woman back to court. End quote. Now, I'm sorry if you have to deal with that type of situation. And if this is the case, you might be better off avoiding mediation. Now, some places require it initially. So if that's the case for you, hopefully you're among the small percentage where mediation does work with a narcissist. We'll get into mental illness and its impacts on relationships and the divorce process in a later episode. I've heard story after story with a similar tone, though, where the spouse makes an ultimatum. Basically, they will fight until they have no money left unless such and such agreement is made. Just today, I read a post from a girl whose husband said he'd split everything 50-50, but that if she tried to get alimony, he would take it to court until he had no money left. It's those situations where mediation likely won't work unless you have a great mediator, time for people to simmer down, and a non-narcissistic ex. But as it stands, I can only conjecture on whether specific authors went to mediation or went to court. What I can say is that when one member of a couple was the cause of a divorce, such as Theopoline Nestor's story where her husband had secretly built up massive gambling debts, or in Suzanne Finnemore's case where her husband had found a new girlfriend, the divorce process seemed to be more beneficial for them when there was some shame involved in the person who was quote-unquote caught. Suzanne Finnemore talks about keeping the house, which ended up appraising for over a million when they had purchased it for around 300000 or so, getting most of what she wanted from the divorce. She also says that her divorce was ugly. That could involve mediation, or it could just be a normal divorce in courts. That's the thing about divorce. It doesn't matter the method. It's going to feel ugly to those involved. For me, I had what you would call a very amicable divorce. But it was hell for me. It was ugly for me. But most people would look at our situation from the outside and say, that's what I want. So let me tell you my story about mediation. First off, I'm going to read you an excerpt from my divorce journal. I actually made an entry the day before mediation. Now, I'm going to edit a little for content, uh, but this is basically what it reads. So, my wife asked me for a divorce. We've been going through a rough couple of years. And then some stuff cut out. Uh, We're seeing a mediator tomorrow, and I'm hoping to document this whole process so I can look back and see where I was. See how my thoughts and feelings change, maybe start to heal. I was looking through some mementos tonight, a little book she made, going through some of the highlights in our marriage about a honeymoon, a trip to Hawaii, parenthood. I've been going through notes trying to understand and comprehend how it changed. Marriage is not just for this life. It's not just till death do us part. It's for eternity. And I've always had that in mind. No matter what mistakes we make, no matter what challenges we face, we can overcome them because we made that promise when we were married. And then a little more come out. Um, I've realized that what I didn't understand about marriage is that even though I believe that it's eternal, it takes two people to believe that. I love my wife. She's my best friend. I don't understand how this could happen. We don't fight. We're great parents. 
and then uh, a bunch more <laughs> that deleted out. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to share what's pertinent to today's episode about mediation and not get off into the weeds. Uh, anyway, that was kind of how I was feeling the day before my mediation. I was going through these mementos from my marriage. I was wondering how everything could have gone so bad over the last, you know, few years because I didn't think we, I thought we had a great marriage at that point. So at this point, I had fought tooth and nail the previous year to save my marriage. And here we were going to mediation. So why did we choose mediation? Well, like I said before, my then wife said that's the route she wanted to take. She didn't want to go to court. She didn't want to get lawyers, fight over things. And I agreed with her. I think she was also scared about what would happen if we went to court. Her sisters had told me that they would testify and try to get me full custody of the children. And I don't think she wanted to go through that process. And I certainly didn't want to go through that process. In addition, I've always been frugal. Some might call me a cheapskate, but I much more prefer the term frugal. And mediation was close to the cheapest option out there. The cheapest option would have been to file ourselves, but we didn't know enough to do that. Now, another funny thing about this entire divorce process, when my ex decided she wanted a divorce, she ended up just saying she wanted a divorce. And then that was where it ended. We then went on one week, two weeks, three weeks, and she didn't do anything. She then approached me and asked why things were taking so long. She didn't do it in a snarky manner. She just seemed anxious and ready to be done. And I didn't want the divorce, but I guess she still expected me to lead the way. And so I ended up calling up a couple divorce mediators and finally found one within a couple miles of our house. The first time we both met him was when we went in for mediation. Now, here's the thing about Utah, and I'm sure this is available in other states as well, but it provides an online portal called the Online Court Assistance Program. You can go through this portal and answer a series of questions about your divorce, and it will auto-generate the divorce paperwork so you can file on your own if you'd like. For some people, this may be the only option since it could save a couple thousand in mediation and paperwork filing fees. It asks questions like, are you filing your initial paperwork? Does so-and-so need to have his or her address protected because he or she is the victim of abuse? Uh, you know, what is your ethnicity? What is your education? Do you have prior marriages? But there was one question in particular that irritated the heck out of me when filling out this paperwork. It was under irreconcilable differences, and it only gave three options. One, the marriage is irretrievably broken. Although we have attempted to solve our problems and make the marriage work, we have not been able to do so. Two, one or both of us have done things that have damaged the marriage beyond repair, and despite best efforts, the marriage can no longer be sustained. And three, we are separated because of problems in the marriage, and despite best efforts, we cannot get back together to make the marriage work. Now, this pissed me off at the time, because I had done my damnedest to make it work. But in my mind, 
I didn't think my ex had done anywhere near her damnedest to make it work just because of some of the things we had gone through in therapy and uh, some of the things that had been said during that. So the site then goes on to go through children, child support, bank accounts, investment accounts, money owed by others, cash, life insurance, other financial assets, motor vehicles, other personal property, real property, business interests, retirement, debts, alimony, etc., etc., etc. So even though I wasn't planning on filing myself, I went through the online court assistance program and we completed all the divorce paperwork to take him with us when we went to mediation because mediation is done by the hour and it's pricey. Certainly not anywhere near as pricey as a lawyer, but that's the first benefit of mediation. If you can agree on how you're going to split the assets, how you're going to handle custody, who takes what debts, who keeps the house, I suggest you complete the paperwork and make as many of those decisions as you can before you go into the mediator so that you can get it done in as little time as possible. Now, they are called a mediator for a reason. They are there to be an impartial, neutral person who will help couples negotiate the details of a divorce. The mediator we went to was a very personable family lawyer who also did mediation and would file the paperwork with the courts for an additional fee. So he was basically a one-stop divorce shop. He was a little less detail-oriented than I'd have hoped. And that's being a little generous. He was not detail-oriented at all. So email number one, we never get it. The mediator had typed in my email address wrong, so I had to call him and ask him where the email was that he'd said he'd send outlining the documents that we had to complete prior to mediation. Email number two. I apologize. It looks like I mistyped your email address the first time. Attached, please find the following. One, a letter with instructions about what to bring to mediation. Two, the agreement to mediate. Three, a confidential survey. And four, a new client questionnaire. Now, here's the problem. Attached to the email was a new client questionnaire, but it was completed by another divorcing couple. So he had sent me over all of their information, where they worked, where they lived, emails, phone numbers. Luckily, there wasn't anything other than that that would be too confidential. Let's just say that he worked at Panda Express, and I can't remember where she worked. That should have been the first sign that maybe we should look around some more. That's not to say that he didn't complete our divorce, but he was a little scatterbrained. So I let him know, and he emails me a new questionnaire, which we complete and take with us to the mediation. Now, our mediation was $250 an hour with a two-hour minimum charge. And if mediation was canceled within 48 hours of the scheduled session, a cancellation fee of $500 was going to be charged to my card. So for the simplest mediation, we were looking at a minimum of $500. So I was determined to get in and get out of there within two hours. So we arrived at his office and we walked in. And I could tell that he wasn't used to people like us because we weren't combative. We had driven in together, we left together, and we were making little jokes and such as we sat in the room. So he sat down and went over what he was going to do. And I pulled out my paperwork and we just answered all of his questions. I would have full custody, both physical and legal. I would keep the house, but the equity would be split. Uh, For us, we added together our 401ks, the equity on the house, uh, to determine a final number. 
We would split the retirement. I would just give her a lump 401k amount that included the home equity value. In addition, we would retain our own bank accounts, and then I would keep the old Honda Pilot, and my soon-to-be ex would get the new car that we purchased after we decided divorce. Uh, we purchased this because the other car we had was a piece of junk, and my ex needed reliable transportation. So I would pay off that car and just send her the title once it was paid off. That leads me to benefit number two for mediation. The mediator will understand nuances and technicalities of the divorce process that you will not understand. For example, my ex just graduated and was working in a low-paying job at her school, but she was going to quit and get a job that would pay her what she was worth. So the child support calculation would have had her paying over 500 a month in child support. And I had declined that in my paperwork, saying that I wouldn't take child support and she wouldn't take alimony and that would equal things out. But he said that child support was not a negotiable item. Now, let me add a little clarification. A good mediator will understand all the nuances and technicalities of the divorce process that you won't understand. But you need to get a good one because a bad one will not understand all of that. My example involves another slip-up from my mediator. When we were completing our paperwork, we asked about taxes. And he said we could file jointly the year we got divorced since my soon-to-be ex was still living in the basements. I was still paying for everything. Uh, so I didn't update my tax withholding with my company. Uh, the next year when we went to do taxes together... They told us that the mediator was incorrect, that we had to file separately. So I ended up getting a massive tax bill at the end of the year that I had to pay to the beloved IRS. But on the other hand, the mediator explained that child support is a non-negotiable. They're going to require it, but they could do the calculation per her current job and not her upcoming new job. So they got it down significantly, and we personally just cut financial ties with the exception of the quadro that I had to do, and then the car loan I was paying, and the car insurance. If we had filed ourselves, we never would have understood this, and our divorce wouldn't have gone through. So we had pretty much figured everything out. Everything was going fine in mediation. I can't remember what question he asked. It was about alimony or something, and I just broke down crying. I had been keeping my front of strength up the entire time. And by front of strength, I mean I just sat there and answered the questions without crying. But whatever he asked triggered me, and I just started crying. And when I say crying, you know, tears started to creep out of my eyes, but I quickly wiped them away. So he asked my soon-to-be ex to leave the room for a bit, and he just asked me why she was giving up the kids. He asked what happened. He seemed like good friends, that he had never had a situation like this where everything was decided and basically determined before we went to mediation. I managed to get out a small answer. I think I said that it was probably a combination of two things, uh, freedom and probably some shame. And then he had her come into the room and he had me leave. I'm not sure why. I think he wanted to make sure I wasn't threatening or coercing her into a decision or whatever. While she did that, I went into their large waiting room, and I just sat down on one of those full-body reclining massage chairs. The leather was soft and warm. It was probably conditioned from the salt water of a thousand daily tears, and I just sat there silently for a good 15 minutes until they called me back in. So I went back in, and we finished up, 
We went over the two hours. I think it was around three hours, so I didn't stick to my two-hour time limit. But hell, $750, that is not bad. Now, that was just the fi the mediation cost. There was also a $1,000 flat filing fee and then a $318 court fee and then the quadro, which I'll get into later. But we finished mediation, left the office, and he started preparing all the documentation. I then start getting updates on where the documentation is, and he finally sends me an email. Hello, I've completed and filed all the remaining documents today with the court. They are attached for your records. Expect to see a signed decree in the next three to four business days. I'll let you know. So I decided to go through the documentation, and there are two entire documents that are completely incorrect. The findings of fact and conclusions of law and the decree of divorce. He had our information on the cover sheet, but all the inner documentation was for a different couple. Not the same one from the divorce questionnaire, a different couple altogether. The wife worked at Costco, I can't remember where the husband worked. These documents included very confidential information, social security numbers, financial information, bank accounts, retirements. Oh my, major copy and paste fell on my part. Attached are the corrected versions refiled with the court this morning. I've also let the court clerk know, so they should sign the correct ones. Ugh. So he sent over this information. I deleted the prior email he sent because of the confidential information, but that's bad. That's really bad. Then we wait and we wait and I finally email him a week later. This is three to four days after he said the paperwork would be finalized to ask for an update. And he emailed the clerk and she said she would put them in front of the judge today. I guess he was on vacation for a few days. So one week later and crickets. I finally email him a very passive aggressive email. Any word on this yet? It has been a couple weeks already and I get a response. Yes, the court finally signed it. A copy is attached for your records. You might also wish to purchase a certified copy at the courthouse's clerk, courthouse clerk's desk. You never know when you might need it. So I pull up the paperwork, and it had been signed five days earlier. He had just neglected to let us know. So, <laughs> this is a long one. Let me finish this up. Last of all, I needed to do a quadro. For those of you who don't know, a quadro spelled Q-D-R-O, in all caps, stands for a Qualified Domestic Relations Order. So basically, it allows me to complete paperwork with the financial company managing my 401k, and they will distribute it to another account or another person without the severe tax penalties that are normally associated with distributing 401k funds before retirement, provided the person those funds are being distributed to keeps them in the 401k account and doesn't withdraw them. If they pull out the funds after they become that person's 401k, they're treated just like if I pulled funds from my 401k. They're taxed heavily. Now, I already mentioned I was trying to save money on this thing. I had already paid $2,000 plus into the divorce. I know, I know, most of you are saying, what the H? $2,000 is peanuts, and it is, but it's still $2,000. So I studied, and I researched, and I called the finance company, and I had them send me the Quadro template they use. And then I completed it, and I called the Quadro service line at the company, and I talked to this really nice guy, and I went over what I had done to make sure everything was correct. And he had me change a few things. 
The reason I did all of this is because the lawyer would have charged me an hourly rate for all this work that I could just figure out myself. The one thing I didn't know how to do was file it with the courts and get it approved through the financial company. But I did get one tidbit of advice. This guy I talked to on the service line said, do not send it for a review before it's final because they will charge you $400 each time they review it. So if you send in the final, they'll charge you $400 and that's all it will be. But if you send in a draft and ask them to review it, they'll charge $400, send it back, and you'll submit the final and it will be another $400. I explained this to the lawyer and he goes and submits the draft, minus $400, and then submits the final, minus $400, and then charges me for the filing as well, which obviously he should, but it was annoying that I lost an extra $400 because of that one other issue. So, final hit for me, my divorce cost around $4,000. And that leads to my third benefit of mediation. $4,000 for a divorce is cheap. You will save more money if you go the route of mediation than if you both get lawyers and take the divorce to court. Now, sometimes court is inevitable, and you may still need to get lawyers to make sure you're not taken advantage of. And we'll talk about that in a later episode. But if you can sit down and reasonably discuss how to determine your custody schedule, what will be paid in child support, how to split the house and finances, then it can save you a buttload of money. For benefit number four, if you don't like the end result of your mediation, it's not binding until you actually sign the legal paperwork and it goes through the courts. So despite losing money, you can back out at any point. Benefit number five, you can and should still hire a lawyer to advise you on your rights and to review the final mediation documentation. That way, you can go into the mediation with some knowledge about how much you should get in child support, whether alimony is an option, what assets you are entitled to. Now, the mediator should know all of this already, but they are also impartial. And if one spouse has either bullied or connived an unfair settlement, your lawyer will be able to advise you on whether it's fair. Now, you'll notice a pattern throughout my story. I listed some of the benefits that I personally saw in mediation, but you'll also notice some major faux pas that were caused by this specific mediator. So how do you go about finding a mediator that meshes with both you and your ex that likely won't make those mistakes? How I found my mediator was by Googling divorce mediators near me. And that's it. That's how we found our mediator. But if you want a good divorce mediator, you should vet them before you hire them. Ask them some questions. How long have you been mediating divorce cases? How many divorce cases have you handled? How well do you know existing laws in your state regarding divorce? How much do you charge per hour? How many hours does a typical mediation take? What qualifications do you have? You know, they should have a degree and be certified and trained as a divorce mediator. You don't want to hire someone who woke up one morning and took a one-hour mediation class to be your mediator. I mean... I doubt that's even possible, but who knows? My mediation went well. It was short, relatively short. Um, and, you know, despite the issues that we faced during that mediation session and with our mediator making those mistakes, you know, ultimately we got our divorce and it was finalized and it cost us less. 
it cost us a lot less than uh, going through lawyers would. And then besides the questions, you should both like the mediator. This is similar to therapy when we discuss that. If you don't like or trust the therapist, you won't open up to them. So now that you have my benefits for choosing mediations and some questions you can ask while vetting a potential mediator, what are some of the disadvantages? Well, one downside of mediation is that you have to rely on the information brought to the mediation. If you feel like your spouse is lying to you or hiding finances or assets or debts, then mediation is not a good idea. Mediation is a collaborative approach that requires both parties to be honest and open to compromise. If your CEO spouse is hiding a couple vacation homes on the East and West Coasts, then mediation isn't for you. In cases like those, a court divorce would include an in-depth review of finances and assets that wouldn't necessarily happen in mediation. A judge would be able to order your spouse to turn over financial records, and if they lied, there could be actual legal consequences. That's not the case necessarily in mediation. Uh, number two, if you can't stand to be in the same room as your ex, if you can't get through a conversation without it devolving into a screaming match, mediation is not for you. Three, if your ex has vowed to fight you until the bitter end, then you might as well skip the mediation and just head straight to court, because that's where you'll end up anyways. Four, if you get a crappy, inexperienced mediator, you may have a mess to clean up in the end. It worked for us because our divorce was so simple and we weren't fighting over anything. So despite the bumbled emails, the misinformation about taxes and quadro headaches, we still paid less for our divorce than if we had gone to court. Our mediator told us stories where couples would be fighting over who, who gets what DVD. Let me tell you something. You're wasting more money fighting over a $10 DVD than it would cost to just buy two copies of the same flippin' DVD. And then five, I read one book that suggested if only one of you wants a divorce and the other one doesn't, then you shouldn't choose mediation. This is actually one I disagree with. I never wanted a divorce. I didn't want to put that extra pressure on my kids. I wanted them to grow up as normal as possible. They weren't being raised in a toxic environment. They were both loved and cared for by both of us. I thought I could tough it out for them. And I was willing to tough it out for them. Now that I've gotten some distance from my marriage, I realize how negative those last two years were. How detrimental they were to my psyche, to my confidence. But it took distance and time to figure that out. So even though I didn't want a divorce, mediation was still the best option for me. To summarize, some of the benefits of mediation are one, if you can agree on how you're going to split assets, how you're going to handle custody, who takes what debts, who keeps the house, etc. Mediation will allow you to easily put that information in an agreement. Two, the mediator will understand the nuances and technicalities of the divorce process that you won't necessarily understand. Three, you will save more money. Four, mediation is not legally binding until you actually sign the legal paperwork and it goes through the courts. So despite losing money, you can back out at any point. And then five, you can and you should still hire a lawyer to advise you on your rights and to review the final mediation documentation. And then there are the disadvantages. You have to rely on the information brought to the mediation. 
Two, if you can't stand to be in the same room as your ex, or one of you has vowed to fight until the end, then mediation is not for you. Three, if you get a crappy, inexperienced mediator, you may have a mess to clean up in the end. So hopefully I've given you an idea of what you can expect in mediation. Come into it open-minded and understand that my situation is not typical. Even though I was angry, even though I was sad, even though I didn't want the divorce, mediation lasted about three hours, not several days over a few weeks. And we left after those three hours knowing that anything we didn't figure out in mediation, we could figure out at home because it was all material. I got to keep Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and she got to keep Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Or maybe we just bought another copy of Shaun of the Dead. I can't remember. So anyway, next week we're talking about social media, how it contributes to divorce, how it can benefit you, and how it can be a negative influence in your life and your marriage. If you have any insights in that topic, email me at thedivorcetribe at gmail.com or message me at thedivorcetribe on Instagram. Thank you for joining me today. If you found this podcast helpful, please like and subscribe. Leave a review and share it with others who could use support and healing. Visit thedivorcetribe.com for more resources to help you through your divorce and follow me at the Divorce Tribe on Instagram to be notified when new episodes and content are released. Remember, you are not alone. We are part of the same tribe, the Divorce Tribe. Until next time.